Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on this week's episode, Colby Cohen and I get you set for what we've been waiting for for months, the start to the 2021-22 season. We sit down with Henrik Borgstrom, who has made the roster out of training camp, acquired at the deadline last year, getting his first taste of the Blackhawks organization in training camp. He's on his way to Colorado, as well as the rest of the Blackhawks, starting their season against the Avalanche on Wednesday night. All that and more coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Blackhawks season is just around the corner. There's nothing like a season change to remind you to make sure your car is running safely. Your local Chevy dealers have you covered this season with all your service needs. Stay on top of all your standard vehicle maintenance to keep your car in its best shape. Schedule your oil changes, your brake checks, and tire rotations today. Head to ChevyDriveChicago.com to find your local dealer. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, Carter Baum, Colby Cohen, and uh, Colby, we've done, this is our fourth show now, a couple weeks of preseason, a couple weeks of training camp as well, but uh, it's finally here. The NHL season starts Wednesday night in Colorado, Blackhawks Avalanche, uh, 9 p.m. Central start on TNT. A lot of moves done in the last week, but uh, Colby, what's the what's the excitement right now to finally be done with camp? done with the long, grueling practices. It's time where games count, and uh, this is where the real fun begins. And I think the most interesting thing, Carter, is the theme of camp was competition, and a lot of the answers coming from the top was, we got to see how Jonathan Taves feels. We have to let some of these position battles play themselves out. Uh, players will make those decisions and either play themselves in or out of certain spots in the lineup and uh, the clarity that is starting to show, although still some questions, yep. there's still certain things that are, are fluid situations. Obviously, the Blackhawks um, went out and signed Eric Gustafson, a yep. defenseman who the Blackhawks are very familiar with, had a huge season here a couple of years ago and when he was asked about it and they said, well, what went right for you that year? And he said, well, I played on the power play with Patrick Kane. So, <laughs> um, he brought some good humor with him and, um, you know, a guy that, you know, the, the coaching staff is familiar with and, um, you can't really put a price on that level of familiarity for a player who is probably going to get thrown right into the lineup, but he, he doesn't have to think about it. He knows his way around. He knows the group. And I think there's a lot of comfort in that. So still a couple things that are, that are hanging out, uh, in the balance. And, um, one reminder that I will constantly make, especially early in the season is the lines from the opening night and the roster from opening night. It might not be the same the second week of the season, you can't make the playoffs on opening night. Obviously, you want to try to win every game, but it's important that this is a long 82-game marathon. It's not a sprint, and uh, there's going to be players who are good hockey players that had good training camps that might not play in Colorado because there's co competition and depth in the, in the bottom of the lineup, and we've gotten to witness it throughout the preseason, and I think that uh, it really manifested late, Carter, with some of the performances guys put on late in the preseason. Well, let's start right there with Eric Gustafson. 
signed on Monday, one-year contract, $800,000 salary cap hit. This is something that we mentioned on our last episode, uh, was right after, I think, literally the day um, that Wyatt Kalanuck got hurt in training or in practice. He's out two to four weeks officially uh, with with an ankle sprain. A couple days later, Caleb Jones uh, held out of practice, come to find out in the coming days after that, that he's got a, a left wrist strain that's been bothering him. He's going to be out for six weeks. And we go from what we talked about on last week's episode, this defensive depth, these guys fighting for this last spot. All of a sudden, there's a little bit of a door because you do want some of the younger guys playing big minutes in Rockford, getting that experience. You've got a couple guys now out of the depth chart. I think Caleb Jones almost without a doubt, played himself into that top six role. Uh, but now you can bring in a veteran, Eric Gustafson, on a PTO with the Islanders. Showed really well there. This is a guy who a couple years ago had 60 points in uh, in Chicago. He did joke about being on the power play with Patrick Kane, and that does help. But he's someone who almost fits into the spot for Kalanick and, and Caleb Jones pretty seamlessly with a roster that he still has some some deep familiarity with a lot of these prospects were here when he was here. Obviously some of the big names are still around and Patrick Kane and and Jonathan Taves, how seamless of a fit is it to bring someone like Gustafson into this roster at the last minute and know that he can contribute right away. Yeah. Having a guy who's gone through a season with the head coach before it immediately bumps him up weeks of preparation time because missing training camp especially with some new faces around and some new players that are going to play substantial amounts of minutes can be tough and something that I've sort of always preached about with new free agents in general and bringing players in is that there's so many small things that go into a player's daily routine that help make up what he's able to do at the rink and I kind of have joked about this before, but it's also kind of serious. Just think about little things like, what time does a team have their pregame skate on game day? What time are the meetings at? Where are you eating your pregame meal? Where is the rink? Where is the rink? How far do you commute to and from the rink? Maybe on your previous team, you walk to the rink. On your new team, you have a 30-minute drive through Chicago traffic, and so now you're up. There's so many little things that change when you are a free agent or when you are traded, and that's why you see a lot of times a player takes some time to get used to their new surroundings. There are some players that get traded for at the trade deadline. They come right in and they help. But more times than not, they don't because it just takes time to get used to a new coach, new teammates, a new defensive partner, a new centerman, whatever it may be, where you're eating, what time you're eating, these little things that really do matter and they really do add up in a human being's life to be able to mentally prepare and perform at a high level. So I think that's one of the reasons Gustafson was an attractive target. He didn't have a place to play. He had a good camp. He looked good in preseason games. I think the Islanders were trying to hang on for him. Um, We're trying to hang on to him and maybe even keep him on a PTO through the first week or two of the season to see if something adds up. I know Lou Lamarillo did that with Dennis Seidenberg in New York, the New York Islanders a couple of years ago before he retired. And then he signed him a month or two in. And I saw it happen with Jay Pandolfo years ago in Boston as well when I was still playing. So that does happen. Uh, Gustafson, you said it, the familiarity. He knows Jeremy Colleton. 
His cap number is manageable. If it were to have to go to the American League or be on waivers, it wouldn't count against the cap because it's under the 1.1 threshold. There's a lot of things you have to like. Good power play player has played on the power play here. Wyatt Kalanuck leaves a little bit of a void on the power play. Um, Jakob Galvez had a great training camp, but he needed to go down to the American League because he needs to play 20 minutes a night. He has not much North American hockey playing experience. We talked about he played pro in Europe, but he doesn't have a ton of options here. I think Ian Mitchell is a guy who has some experience in the NHL level, but again, still a relatively young defenseman that you'd rather see him playing big minutes and playing on the power play in Rockford than having him play a third pair here and not getting a lot of those opportunities. Now, he may be here to start the season, Ian Mitchell. When a guy goes down, there's new opportunities for for players to come up. I think that there's going to be a fluid situation like every other team in the NHL. As we're recording this, I'm looking to see at the waiver wire, um, Subban and Delia. I know a lot of people were curious about that. They did get through the waiver wire, but there are some interesting ones. Um, Patrick Brown got claimed by the Flyers today. There's a couple of other players that you didn't think would get acquired and, or excuse me, claimed on waivers to other teams that did. So there's a lot of moving parts happening right now. Teams are trying to get under the salary cap. We may see some transactions happen here in the next 24 hours. Um, that are part of the salary cap process where a player may get transacted down to the Rockford Ice Hogs and then tomorrow be recalled before the team leaves. So there's a lot of juggling going on right now in in management with our salary cap group. Obviously, Kyle Davidson is such a whiz at what he does. So uh, he's probably got a real opportunity to shine a little bit with our general manager, Stan Bowman and president. Um, so it's, it's a kind of a fun time, Carter, to see a lot of these balls that are being juggled. And there's so many of these who came, who claimed, what happened. So it's a, it's kind of a fun time, not quite the trade deadline, but nonetheless, uh, a, a fun time to be around the team, the league and uh, see what's happening in the NHL. I think aside from the trade deadline and aside from what's traditionally July 1st, I know in the last couple of years, it's been postponed because of different <laughs> yeah. scheduling things, but what traditionally is the first day of free agency this is probably the most exciting and the most active you see with some of these rosters, guys being sent down, coming back up. And it's it, like you said, it's just gymnastics across the board. Um, you touched on some of the guys that did get sent down to Rockford, uh, Alex Nylander, Mike Hardman, Reese Johnson, Nicholas Bodan, Galvis, uh, Evan Barrett, Lucas Reichel, among others, uh, since we last spoke on this show. Um, a lot of names, and I'd say a big chunk of that group that I just rattled off, we will see at some point in the season with injuries, performances, if they have a great start to the season in Rockford. But to be one of those young guys, um, we're going to talk to Henrik Borgstrom in just a few minutes. He's one of the ones on the other side of this where he came into camp battling for that spot and made the roster. But if you're one of the young guys that – didn't necessarily make the season opening trip. We know we've talked about that. We'll see them at some point down the road. What are those conversations like when you're a young guy to maybe take the little bit of a heartbreak that it is to not make the NHL roster, you know, you get your hopes up, but to pivot that and go down to Rockford, use that opportunity, the extra ice time, make the most of it 
and still continue to prove your case because eyes are on you at all times, regardless of where you're at. How do you, as a young player, as a, as a guy trying to crack the NHL, how do you navigate that? It's tricky, especially the first time it happens to you. I think back to my first training camp where I was one of the last two players let go. Ryan Stoa was the last forward. I was the last defenseman. We took, I believe, 8D and 14 forwards on the team bonding trip to Las Vegas. We spent three days in Vegas as a team. And then we played the LA Kings in the preseason finale at the MGM Graham. This is obviously before the Vegas Golden Knights were a thing. So they had a preseason game, the Frozen Fury game, I think it was called. Cool event to be a part of. Um, but on the we fly home from the Vegas trip after the game. And as I'm walking off the plane, uh, you're walking through the little private area. As you know, we come in and out, a similar scenario, mm -hmm. and I get flagged down by a team services member. Never what you want to see. Into the room, and I get pulled into a room, and sitting at the table is the head coach, the general manager, assistant general manager, head of player development, and I thought to, thought to myself, this cannot end well. Um, and that was the, the reality was I was being sent down. Um, I knew it was a possibility, and it was a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. I felt like I had really had a good camp and done enough. And it's not easy to sit there and be told you played really well. You probably should make the team, but we don't want you sitting. We want you playing a lot. Go to Lake Erie, have a good attitude. You're going to play a ton. It's easy to kind of ignore that part of the conversation and to be a little bit annoyed, frustrated, sad. I mean, there's just a lot of emotions. You're a 20-year-old, 21-year-old guy. It's tough. It really is. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a fun conversation to be a part of, but the reality is, is this is professional sports and it's a next man up mentality. There's number a number of prospects and depth players that are waiting for the opportunity. So if you feel sorry for yourself, you're just going to dig a hole for yourself that's going to be really challenging to come out of. And with talking to Henrik and knowing the scenario and the situation for him, he's a more established player coming into this camp than I ever really was at this level. If we're being honest with one another, he was just a better player. So uh, for him coming in, I liked his attitude and I liked his outlook. And there was always a chance he could have started in Rockford. There was. Uh, and I think he knew that. Nothing was given to him. He And he had to come in here and he had to play really well. He had to really earn the coach's trust and show them that he can be more than just an offensive player because when you play for the Blackhawks and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and Alex Dabrinkit and Tyler Johnson, and there's a lot of established offensive players here that have already carved out roles for themselves. So he's going to have to find a different role, especially in the beginning, and I think he had the right attitude. I think he managed the pressure well. I've seen him walking around today. He's obviously all smiles today. It's a little bit of a, a sigh of relief for him. I think when he scored that first goal in Kansas City the other night, I think that was a sort of a sigh monkey off your back. Yes, it's preseason, but you can still do this at the NHL level after playing in Finland for a year. 
Um, so I just think it's all about managing the ups and the downs, Carter. And I know this is a long answer to your question, but it's it's not a simple response because it's not a simple scenario. Uh, where are you going to be living? You're going to be living in a house in Chicago, a hotel in Rockford. I mean, it's just there's so much going on. So you know, managing the highs and the lows, I think, is what you learn. And Henrik has been around North American Pro for a couple of years. You know, played 50 games the one year for Florida, then he didn't make the team, and then he played a few. Um, I don't think things were ever great between him and Joel Quenville. I just don't think the the game fit where Joel wanted to see him in the lineup there in Florida. Obviously, Blackhawks fans are familiar with Joel Quenville, his style, the way he does things. So um, I really just think for Henrik, you can see a maturity level of managing the ups and downs of training camp and never getting too low, never getting too high, trying to stay in the middle, trying to be consistent and trying to earn equity with this coaching staff. And I, I think that he did that throughout camp. And I think that's why we're going to see him here a good amount early in the season. And it was also probably beneficial that in Saturday's preseason finale, as close to really a dress rehearsal as you're going to get in the lineup, there were a couple decisions still being made, but he goes out, scores a goal in a 5-1 win over Minnesota to close out the preseason. A uh, great game all the way around by some of the big names, Jonathan Taves, two power play goals, Alex Dabrinkit, a three-point night, Seth Jones, three assists. I mean, Kane was involved in a, Kane, everything assists. you wanted to see in that game, Carter, we saw. Everyone you're Marc-Andre Fleury, great game as well. Um, but Henrik Borgstrom had a really strong performance as well, and that was probably... I think you had him kind of penciled into the making the roster, but that was a good final step for him on Saturday as well. Yeah, I think that game cemented his fate to start the season um, in the lineup. I think he had shown enough that he belongs to be on this hockey team, but I think the performance he had in the role that he had it with a line that he probably will play with um, Hagel and who did he play with the other night? Let me pull it up here real quick. Yeah, pull it up. As soon as you say it, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, I knew that. Obviously, I, I called the game on the radio, so I had the lines he played pretty good. He played with Doc and Hagel on that exactly. third line. Exactly. Kirby centering that third line, which he's done throughout training camp. Sorry, he played with Strom that night. It's usually exactly. been Hagel there. Strom that, supplanted Hagel. Strom played up. And I, I think they're going to start the season, and I think in Colorado you're going to see Borgstrom and you're going to see Kirby centering, and you're going to see Brandon Hagel on the wing, that's a dynamic line. I mean, that is a line that brings a little bit of everything. I mean, Hagel is just so good up and down the wings. He plays with such speed. He plays with grit. He plays with determination. Kirby Doc looks bigger, stronger, more confident. You can just see the maturity on his face when you look at his picture from training camp, his headshot from his first training camp to his third training camp, you could just see the maturity level, which is normal for a human being going from being a teenager to, you know, a 21 year old and starting to, or, um, you know, getting into the twenties and, and not being a teenager anymore. So I, I like that line and I'm excited to see what those guys can do in an NHL full season, regular game. Uh, full speed against the Colorado Avalanche team that's, you know, as skilled as any. Yeah. And they all have that offensive touch, but that physical presence to their game. They're all big. I mean, Brandon Hagel just plays a bigger game than sure. his actual stature, but they all have that two-way game, that 200 foot. That's going to be a fun line to watch. And I mean, 
we spoke last week about all these guys on the bubble. We, I mean, we've talked about it all three episodes really through training camp. But as we sit here, we look at kind of who's still around camp on Monday. We talked about Borgstrom, Mackenzie Entwistle, Adam Gaudet, um, just some of the names up front. Philip Kurashev, I don't think he was ever in doubt. He's really played really nice in that yeah, top Yeah, he six played role. well, but he certainly had to come and prove it. He had it. to fight. Yeah, yes. I mean, with, with all of the depth and those players you all just mentioned, everyone had to come and bring it every day, which is, again, it's going to be what makes this team successful. And we have been talking about it all of camp that you can't take a day off just because you're playing against Colorado Wednesday doesn't mean you're back in the lineup on Friday. Nothing is given. I think for, for Patrick Kane, it's given. For Alex Dabrinkit, it's given. Um, because those guys have built up enough equity within their careers to make sure it's given. But I don't think that way about um, a number of players in the lineup that are going to have to continually compete for a spot every night to play hockey games. Well, before we toss it over to Henrik Borgstrom, a, a nice conversation with him. Very smart very well-spoken, um, especially for someone who English is his second language. He speaks very well, and you can you can kind of hear in his voice a little bit of the excitement that he has to still be here at Fifth Third Arena on Monday of the season opener and part of this roster and knows what it's going to take to to contribute to this team on a regular basis. But, um, boy, you don't get a much harder test in Game 1 than the Colorado Avalanche national TV Wednesday night, uh, 9 o'clock Central puck drop, TNT, uh, going up against a, a perennial contender year after year in the avalanche. Uh, that's a big test right away, Colby, and, and one where we're going to learn a lot about this team and, and kind of a maybe a bar-setting performance to see where this team's at, where they still maybe have to grow, and uh, just how ready they are to, to be a contender in uh, the Central Division. Absolutely. The Central Division is going to be tough. Um, I'll remind everyone that you can't make the playoffs on opening night. You nope. can't miss the playoffs either on opening night. So this is one of 82. Obviously, everybody's very excited for it, as are we. We've been here every day yeah. at practice. We're ready to see it count for two games. I'll be doing that game on the radio with John Wideman before moving over for Fridays and Saturdays games back to Studio TV here in Chicago. Andrew Shaw, who I know everybody in Chicago loves and is looking forward to hearing from on TV, he will be in the studio with me. So that'll be fun to have a guy that's ridden the highs and lows with this franchise, with this organization for so many years. So that'll be fun. Try to keep him contained a little I bit, will you? I will do my best to keep him <laughs> contained, but... Um, Colorado's going to be a tough game. Uh, I will tell everybody you want to win every time you put the sweater on, but you can't miss the playoffs opening night. And you've got a lot of new players. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. Some guys are going to adjust quicker than others. We still have a very young team here in Chicago. Uh, a lot of things to be excited about. And I'm looking forward to talking to Henrik. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the lineup on Wednesday. That'll be fun to see who's going to be in that opening night lineup. We've obsessed over it for the last three yeah. weeks. Um, and then moving forward, it's going to be a lot of the same. Who's going to play and who's playing well. And um, injuries have sorted some things out and made some things more clear that we were unsure of a few weeks ago, which is why Stan and Jeremy always say, you got to be a little bit patient. They're, they're not being evasive with their answers. They're waiting to see things that can happen, as we've seen with Wyatt, with Caleb, some of these other um, smaller injuries that aren't too, too severe, but they absolutely change the dynamic of the lineup. Well, it'll be a lot of fun to watch it. 
uh, fans, I'm sure, you know, the, the national broadcast will be great. TNT, first big night of the new partnership, two of the new TV partners for the NHL. But uh, definitely want to have a little Colby and a little John Wideman uh, on, on the airwaves as well. Just tune over to the radio side to get the, the home broadcast there. But we'll, uh, we'll toss it over now to Henrik Borgstrom, a great conversation, a guy making, making the roster, uh, making the season opening trip and uh, definitely one that it's going to be exciting to watch him play uh, going into the season. Leaps it back. Jones along. Flipper goes wide to Strom. He tried to center his Borgstrom. He scores! Great son of my Dylan Strom. And Borgstrom finished it. And the Blackhawks have tied the game. Well, speaking of the uh, opening night roster, getting ready for the season opener in Colorado, Henrik Borgstrom joining us now. And your name's been out there a lot during training camp. Of course, a big acquisition last year by the Blackhawks. Three weeks of training camp, fighting for your spot on this roster. You are on this season opening trip, the first three games, part of the roster. First and foremost, how would you assess your camp and, and what's this feeling right now as you guys get set to take off and, and knowing that you have a spot on this team, at least to, to start the year? Yeah, um, yeah, first of all, it feels feels good and you know uh that was like that was my main goal during the summer and uh you know coming into this camp just to just to try to fight for the spot and win win a uh spot for me in the lineup and it's a uh, well it's tough because because uh the team is really really good a lot of a lot of skilled guys a lot of good players so um yeah gotta be happy uh for now for sure henrik i, I kind of want to go back a little bit with you um your trade, not necessarily the traditional type of trade where you were over here playing. Obviously, last year was a COVID year and there wasn't a lot of player movement. You stayed over in Finland last year, um, which is where you're from. Yeah. When you got traded, you know, you were in the middle of your season over there in Finland. I don't know if, if it was playing or not because of COVID. I know things were stopping and starting all the time, but... Um, what was that like to be traded while you were over in Finland? Who called you? Did you know you were going to get traded? Um, you know, like I just would assume that that's a little more of a non-traditional way to get traded. Normally you get called up to the GM's office after practice yeah, or you get yeah. a phone call when you're finishing it and you're traded, right? So yeah, yeah. talk a little bit, you know, take us through it a little bit and explain to everybody here in Chicago, how did this all come about for you? Um yeah it's uh it was kind of kind of weird you know just being finland and um i was i was actually gonna gonna sign uh like contract extension in finland too uh, it was like only a couple of days days ahead of me and then then my agent calls me and tells me like it might happen like one of these days and then like i don't know 30 minutes later he calls me like uh, get ready like in 30 minutes like the trade is gonna go through and i'm like hey yeah uh, it was just like so weird so weird uh, uh especially for you know being the first trade i've ever been into um and then being like back home in finland too just like laying on my couch and then like hearing that <laughs> that the hawks are gonna trade for me so it was it was crazy and then i actually saw the trade like the full trade afterwards on twitter and it was like still was on there and uh Connolly too so you know a couple of guys from from florida too so it was it was kind of kind of weird but uh yeah fun fun moment for sure because you weren't able to come right away and start practicing did that build a little bit of um 
question mark and or maybe you were excited because you couldn't wait to get over here i mean how quick did you then come over did you spend the whole season training in finland then come over in september like what was the pattern for you yeah i actually um we were looking looking at uh, a few different uh, like uh opportunities you know just just because yeah it was it's still like covid covid is around and the traveling was really really hard i didn't have visa uh and i actually didn't have it when i when i traveled over here in september so um yeah i came came early september just to get like a couple of weeks before the training camp starts you know get adjusted to uh the time difference and uh you know just to see the guy like i didn't know a lot of a lot of people from here so um yeah i i mean yeah i came came in september what's the transition been for you like henrik getting used to Jeremy Colleton, getting used to new teammates. You mentioned a couple of guys that you played with in Florida. You knew from Florida. Um, you and I were chatting a little bit before this. You have a connection with Ian Mitchell. You guys yeah. were at Denver together yeah. where you absolutely tormented the NCAA <laughs> for a couple of years. I was lucky to call some of those games. And you and I got to talk a couple of times in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, what's the whole process of now getting used to being a Blackhawk been like as your sort of game and your growth and your development? Cause you're still a young player yeah, been like yeah. in this training camp and how's that been going for you? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's kind of like a weird, weird situation to be honest. Cause you know, when you get drafted in a, into a organization, you, you, you get to know like all the young guys and then eventually you'll get to know like all the, all the staff and, and, you know, trainers, whatever, uh, equipment guys. And then coming here, just not knowing a single thing except for, you know, where United center is. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of tough at first, you know, just to try to try to find my spot. And I feel like I'm still trying to, <laughs> you know, get, get into the group, uh, really. But, um, yeah, it's it, at the same time, it's a nice challenge too, just to, um, you know, it's a new opp opportunity and, um, you know, just being ready to make the most out of it. Colby, you touched on Denver. I mean, Stan Bowman after the trade really touched on, he saw you a lot in Denver going out, watching Ian Mitchell play got to know your skill, obviously had the confidence to acquire you and, and believe in you and know that a second opportunity could be beneficial for you in the, in the NHL. I mean, what's it like to have a GM of a team have that confidence so many years after the fact? And what are your conversations been like with him uh, since the trade happened, essentially? Um, of course, it was, you know, it was kind of kind of <laughs> not a scary moment but you know pretty exciting when Stan Bowman calls you and uh um I mean yeah it's it's nice to know that uh you know they wanted me and uh you know it just I feel like it gives me a little bit of a like extra extra motivation and boost you know um you know just to go out there and uh try to try to prove myself so let's talk a little bit about hockey now we've talked a little about the trade your life getting used to Chicago your teammates, um, your game. Obviously, you were one of the more dynamic players that's ever played at the NCAA lever. I mean, you were just playing pond hockey when everybody else was playing real <laughs> hockey at that level. Your skill <laughs> level was just incredible. Your teams were good. You were one of the leaders on those teams. Um, I got to you know be there for that national championship, calling yeah. that game. Yeah. You've come to Chicago with a little bit of a new mentality. Oh, and yeah. you and I talked a little bit about this. 
we'll get to see the offense and I'll talk about the offense, but what are the fans going to see from you this time around in Chicago that they might not have realized you were able to do uh, and able to play in, in such a way? Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, I don't, I don't think I'll, I'll drop the mitts probably, but you know, I'm just, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, that's, that's been one of my main, uh, focus points. I feel like, you know, just to be, be a tough, tough guy to play against and, you know, be relentless on the four check, uh, um, you know, cause that's, that's something I need to do and need to succeed in, uh, in order to, uh, you know, crack the lineup and, uh, yeah, I feel like I've done done a good job with it. Uh, and as you said, like the offensive, you know, a lot of the guys who come into the league are are used to being like offensive guys. And, um, you know, I know that uh, I still got the talent, you know, got the skill, but uh, there's so many good players on this team, too. So, uh, you know, I got to be I got to be really good defensively, too, and, you know, reliable uh, so I can get to play. Do you feel like that goal in Kansas City in the preseason got your you going even more and started to build your confidence i mean you and i joked about the fact that you probably could have had four in the preseason finale against minnesota you had one yeah um, yeah you had a couple other do goals help boost your spirit and bring you up and give you more energy to be tough to play against to finish your checks to be responsible you know with the puck and understand situational play um Scoring always makes you feel pretty good, though, right? Oh yeah, that's that's true. And uh, yeah, after the first game, uh, it was like the first period in the first preseason game was just like I feel like it was kind of you know getting used to it. You know how the um, um, I guess NHL hockey feels like, and you know everything is happening so fast. And and then like after the game game ended, I kind of just wanted to keep keep on going. And then you know just scoring that goal in Kansas City in the first shift, it really like. You know, um, kind of, I don't know, exploded, but it just like made made me feel more comfortable. I feel like, and you know, just starting to make make those plays when there's there's uh, time and space for it. And uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> going back into the last last preseason game, yeah, as you said, I could have I could have scored plenty, uh, great passes by the guys, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'll take the one though. <laughs> as we uh, wrap up here, you. Getting ready to go to Colorado, this first game, this moment I think you've been waiting for, but what was that realization, that moment that you realized that you made the roster and, and what are you looking to prove, especially in these in these first couple games to prove the coaching staff and, and management made the right choice there? Yeah, of course it it feels good and you know, uh that's that's been that's been my uh, like main goal so far and now now it's just to uh you know keep keep on going and uh keep on playing on the same same level and trying to trying to prove myself even more well Henrik we'll uh we'll let you get going one day before you take off to Colorado uh, fantastic training camp watching you thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time but uh I can speak for myself and I think Colby and maybe a lot of fans out there that were excited to see what you can bring and not only your skill but like like Colby touched on the the physical game that you've also grown through training camp as we go here. So it'll be exciting and, and best of luck on this opening trip and can't wait to see you back at the United Center. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. Well, that will do it for this week's episode. A special thank you to Henrik Borgstrom for his time today. For Colby Cohen, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what King and Tate's Drive.